Hello there, everybody. Welcome back to episode 12 of Three's Crowd Pod. Today we're going to spice it up for you guys, and we're going to not be going traditionally and talking about pre-picked topics. We will be getting thrown random hot takes by producer Marco. Yes, you will hear his voice, but no, you still will not see his face on today's pod. And please, before we jump into everything, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, write us a handwritten letter, love letter, gift card, cards, uh, email, a fax. We have a fax machine up and running. And look at all the links, all the links down down below. Maybe you'll get some deals and steals on some thingy things. So without further ado, let's jump into it. Welcome, producer Marco, everybody. Uh, first episode, making a little appearance here as our moderator and the hot take creator for the episode. So like Nick said, we're getting random hot takes for Marco. We don't know what they are. We haven't discussed them. Um, so should be open for some good debates and interesting conversations. And with that, we'll let Marco make his intro. How's it going, guys? Uh, 12th episode, uh, finally making an appearance other than a wave on my intro. I don't know. How many episodes ago was that? Six already? or At least. I feel like, I feel like it was like six or eight. Six or eight, something like that. But um, Ray, do you have any words before we start? Uh, no, I'm glad that your voice is, is on this podcast right now. I'm very excited. I'm pumped to be here. Happy to be uh, happy to be a part of this, guys. All right, first hot take, boys. Is a hot dog a sandwich? No, it is not a sandwich. The dog is in a league of its own. It is on its own bread. You don't see people making sandwiches on hot dog breads, and if you do, you're weird. It's in a league of its own. It should not be considered a sandwich. My answer is no, a hot dog is not a sandwich. And the reason for that is a hot dog is a modified hamburger because you have the beef, you have the bun, right? It's just shaped differently, right? You got a different shaped beef, a different shaped bun. You consider a hot dog a sandwich, then you got to consider a hamburger a sandwich. And in my opinion, we're just not going to go there. We're not, we're not going to go there. You know, we're not going to do that. So my answer is no. I... Fusco, I have one question. Then why in sports bars are hamburgers under the sec- sandwich section? It's true. It's a valid question. Oh, shit. They are. It's a valid question. You know what? I guess there's some people in this world that consider that anything slapped in between two buns a sandwich. But to me, man, to me, when you, you know, when you get like a, when you get like a BLT or you get, you know, you get that Italian club or something like that. It's just not. It's just not the same as a hamburger or a hot dog, and so I have to. If I, you know what, if I owned a restaurant, it would be sandwiches, and then it would be hamburger or hot dog, separate section. That's that should be the way it's done. And you know, Ray becoming a lawyer in the future, maybe we can get some legislation passed that will you know mandate. You got to separate those things. I'd like to point out that growing up, Nick had not cheeseburgers but hamburgers. And would only put ketchup on it, and that was it. That was that was the way that he ate it, a, a, a burger. 
So he's not one to speak Those about. Those things were loaded. Loaded with ketchup. With ketchup. Loaded, I can dude. picture right now Nick with a McDonald's cheeseburger just drooling Ribbing. with ketchup off Dripping. the sides. Yeah. Look like a McRib. That's how saucy that thing oh, was. Two, 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 two comments. Two comments. Number one, yes, that's true. Number two, probably around the time I was going through puberty, I graduated into cheeseburgers. Thank you. Just like, like you should. Yeah. So I love cheeseburgers nowadays. Um, and number two, it was hilarious that I liked hamburgers with a shit ton of ketchup on it because this man right here on this has an extreme phobia of ketchup. Yeah. Like, And I'm not even exaggerating. I think if ketchup touched anywhere around his face and lips, he would throw up. And that's not a joke. That is not a joke at all. <laughs> no, he would seen, throw up. I've seen him accidentally bite into a cheeseburger with ketchup on it, and I had to pull over. So he can yak outside of the car. It's it's that bad. It's real. It's pure panic mode when the red, when the devil's blood hits my lips. It's real, dude. All right. Anyways, uh, it's a hot dog sandwich. I want to say no. A sandwich to me is classified as some sort of meat that is not in a singular, you know, not in a tube shape. You know, usually there's some tor- some type of. Uh, cold cut or there's some type of uh you know cooked meat that is not in a tube shape if you have a philly cheesesteak it's gonna be chopped up beef if you have a uh uh pastrami sandwich it's gonna be that cut up you know pastrami hot dog to me is just not doing it man i don't know i i don't see a hot dog as a sandwich but I, I was gonna say that to me a sandwich is top bread bottom bread but then i thought about hoagies and i was like that's certainly a sandwich as well so I'm not going to go there, but to me, a hot dog does not classify as a sandwich. I, I think that the point that Nick made is correct, where you have sandwiches, you have burgers, you have hot dogs. You know, you're not going to put a hot dog under the sandwich section. You're not going to put a, a hot dog under the cheeseburger section. So I think it's on its own little classification on the menu. Last quick comment. Last one. In a sandwich, the meats that go on a typical sandwich... You're not going to throw them on a grill. You throw a hot dog or a hamburger on a grill. What about Philly, uh, bro? It's, what about Philly? It's, it's beef. It's beef and steak. All right. You're that gonna... one, that, yeah, that, that one. Okay, okay. I see, I see your point. That one, you know, that one's, um, that one could be its own, its own class as well. You know, I, I don't know. I don't have the answers to the universe, Ray. Got <laughs> I guess I guess we have to give those uh, restaurants credit when they just call them handhelds. Yes, because that's what they are. They're, they're handhelds. Handhelds. That is a yeah. beautiful name. Restaurants. If you're a restaurant owner and you're watching, take some notes. Handhelds. handhelds. Yeah. It, it, it eliminates any ambiguity in the in the menu in the menu selection process for sure. All right. Now this one is something I feel uh, very passionately about. Um, can fruits count as dessert? Well, as the one of the, one of the dessert connoisseurs in this world, and somebody who really, really can't have a meal without a good dessert, I would like to give fruits the pass on this one because they're sweet, they're juicy, like they almost fall in, but they're just not unhealthy enough for me. I feel like a dessert is just pure shit. Like the shittier it is, the better it is, and I I feel like 
I got to give the strawberries and the blueberries and these fruits the pass on this one and upgrade them. They don't, they don't need to fall under the dessert. They can certainly be eaten with a dessert, but it shouldn't be like, oh, fruits are my singular dessert for today. That's a little bit lame. My answer is absolutely yes. Fruits can be considered a dessert. And I know that not in the American culture is that is it considered a dessert because like Andres said, it's not unhealthy enough. But in a lot of cultures, fruit is their dessert and it's like their, um, their what do you call it? I, I'm forgetting the word, like when, when something's like their... Don't remember the word, everybody, but it's like, it's like, it's the shit, it's the bomb. And some cultures, it's, that's honey. That's raw honey that they get. That's like their, that's their dessert. Uh, other cultures, it's just straight up fruit. So I absolutely would consider fruit a dessert um, because fruit's delicious. It's got sugar in it. Cusco. It's a dessert. Nick, yeah. so would you say the bananas, you taking it back a few episodes, the bananas from Costa Rica, are those a dessert? Dude, to me, that's a dessert all day long. Absolutely, bro. Delicious, man. Absolutely. Yes. That's unfair, though. As somebody who is on the not fruit diet, and I was there in Costa Rica with Nick, and those fruits were ridiculous, like ridiculously good. Yeah, I think I think that the bananas from Costa Rica are certainly, certainly a a dessert a banana itself i'd rather have that banana over a bowl of ice cream any day of the week but um yeah i think i think fruit could certainly qualify if you've ever had you know some really cold watermelon at, at night or some some really cold uh, cantaloupe like that's delicious some really cold melon oh my god bro if you put a banana in the fridge you chop it up you, or you put a banana you chop it up you put it in the freezer it's like it's like eating ice cream it's delicious so yes I would say that a fruit can qualify as a dessert, absolutely, without doubt. I haven't tried that one. Um, might have to. Uh, I'll come oh, back to you guys with that one. Got to. But next one: Should Santa Claus's elves should be paid should get paid minimum wage? I know I'm a little late on the season on this one, but should Santa Claus elves get paid minimum wage? No, they're hardworking small individuals. So what are they're they slaves? There. They're out there putting in the time, putting in the effort, making the toys for the little kitties. So I think that it should be fair pay. If, whatever an Amazon worker gets paid. I feel like an Amazon worker is kind of like an elf in my opinion. So hot take there. Amazon workers, you're like elves. I'm going to preface, Three's a Crowd does not condone slavery. No, I was going to say. We do not. No, yeah, I was, I was going to say, like, I, the way Andres was taking that, it seemed like he didn't want them to get paid at all. I, no, I wanted them to get paid their fair share. They're hard oh, workers. Oh, I understand. I understand. Okay. How does that How does that take away from Santa's profits, though, when he's delivering the toys? Do you got to think about that? Guy's a non-for-profit, dude. He gets a lot of <laughs> donations from all the governments. You're right. You're right. I guess if we're... Cookies, no, but Is I that... guess if we're, if, we're think, if we're thinking of the classical, you know, the classical elves here, they get... They only eat candy, and they eat candy all year round. So essentially, they have a superpower because they're immune to diabetes, which is which is a nice benefit of being an elf, I guess. And then candy all year round, I guess that's another benefit. And um, they, 
Santa houses them, feeds them, clothes them, provides them shitters and pissers. Um, and um, I guess I would assume uh, Santa provides them with um, contraceptives. I'd say so. Yeah, right? You know, I I was going to go on on a different on a different line of, of reasoning here. Like you got to think about the cost of living, right? So, candy's not very expensive. They're not going to be spending a bunch of money on candy. If the living situation is covered by Mr. Nicholas, then you know, they're not spending a, a tremendous amount on rent. They don't have to spend a lot on on heaters. You know, it's very cold in North Pole. So, they're not they're not have to spend a lot of money on electricity. Like Nick said, he's covering the shitters, he's covering the pissers. So really, what are elves paying for, right? So at a minimum, they should be getting paid a minimum wage. However, what are they going to leave to their elf children and their elf grandchildren? How much of of a... They could be going on vacation with their elf wife and their elf kids. How much of a legacy can they leave their elf children? Think about it. Well, what if there's like upgrade options? In the North Pole, like what if you have, have public housing? Just like they're, 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 Santa's got the public housing, the Section Eight housing for them. But what about the nice stuff? Like what if an experienced elf wants to upgrade to a little bit of a pad as he starts his family? A bungalow, dude. You know what's you know what's fucked up about this topic is it seems so like ironic. We're talking about Santa and his elves, and I guess if you think about it, like in the real world. Santa's like the government kind of, and the elves are the, our parents. Everyone's uh, parents. Uh, <laughs> kids, just kidding, just kidding, kids. Santa's real. Santa's uh, real. But you guys are talking about leaving a legacy, saving your money. You know, it it goes in in the flow of what our other podcasts were. So, Santa's elves, they work hard. Sure, give them a raise. Give them a raise. Give them more candy. They're immune to diabetes. Why not? Give them more candy. Feed them candy. I'm with that. That's all I got, yeah. All right. Next one for you guys. Should the steroid era in baseball come back? <laughs> yes. As a fan of baseball, of course I want to see people with steroids. Are you kidding me? Do you not see how exciting baseball was when Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa were going back and forward when the guys in the home run derby looked like a bunch of Hulk Hogan's like, that's awesome. We're fans. We want to be entertained. I don't want to see the guy hit the ball 335 feet. I want to see a 550 foot Homer. I want to see 130 mile an hour line drives going into the outfield, looking like they're going a bajillion miles an hour. So it's like a choice. Like, Baseball is also one of those sports, like, just because you take steroids doesn't mean you hit the ball immediately. Like, you still got to be pretty talented. Like, just because you take steroids doesn't mean just because you can throw harder doesn't mean you're a good pitcher. Like, you still got to throw strikes and have other pitches. So I feel like it'll still be just as competitive. My answer to that question is no, because the steroid era in baseball never left. It's still here, very present. And the... I think the concept of bringing it back, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want that to be like, um, like something that's pushed on players because, like, yeah, you make a ridiculous amount of money, but then to have to go pretty much to compete at that level and kind of jeopardize your health by taking like that amount of steroids, I don't know. I just, 
I think I think it's I think it's over the top, but I mean, there's always people that are willing to do it and that still do it today. But um, overall, I don't I don't think it's nah. I'm not for it. I'm with Nick. I don't, I don't think the steroid era ever finished. I, I'm sure that there's guys that are still juicing like crazy. I know guys that I played against in high school in football that were juicing. So it's not like it's it's ever stopped. But whether or not the MLB should condone it, I think that's in the negative solely because it has adverse effects on your health long term, I think. And, I mean, you're you're also creating a divide between the guys that are willing to do it and the guys that are not. And then there's obviously going to be a division in talent between those two sectors of people. So the guys that are doing steroids are just going to get paid more. The guys that are not willing to do it are just not going to get, you know, they're not going to get these big deals because they're not performing as well. I don't know. I think it's just all way too complicated. While, yes, it would be awesome to see everyone go up there and hit fucking 700-foot home runs, uh, I'm, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. Even It would be cool. It would be cool. It would be like that video game, like the bigs, where you hit the home run and your guy would just like start raging and run around the bases with like fire around him. Yeah. That would be cool. I was going to say, that sounds like Slugfest 2004. <laughs> That's the game I'm talking about. Start punching your first baseman while you're on first. That's awesome. <laughs> All right, next one. And I think um, I think we might have someone who's pretty fired up about this one. Steph Curry transcends the game of basketball more than LeBron. I'll lead it off because I know I'll let LeBron's biggest fan cook up a response. I hate LeBron. So for no Steph reason. Curry, Steph no Curry's reason. way. Steph Curry's way better. He's awesome. He's cool. He makes he's a lot way of shots. better. He's way better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. LeBron sucks. He's, he's significantly look at, look better at, than LeBron. Look at the Lakers right now. LeBron sucks. That means nothing. Look, so, look at the Warriors right now. What are you talking about? They're just as so, bad. No, no. The Lakers are second to last in their division. We're the Warriors. Middle of the pack. No, they're not. So, I'm look this shit up. Steph Curry, cool guy. I don't really know that much about him, but all the media stuff and everything I see, he seems like a pretty cool dude. Signed to basketball for John Hopkins, and he's played at Lagors. Maybe we'll cut that out. (laughs) Um, He's played at the golf course that JR's a member at, and uh, yeah, cool dude. I think it's a fair fair, uh, question to pose because – Steph Curry's, I mean, he's he's a he's a very versatile player, very good all around, but he's known for his ability to make threes and pretty much shoot the long ball, right? Make shots behind the three point line and everything. And that's the most valuable shot there is in the game because you get fifty percent more points for making a three compared to making a two. Um, and then he. You know he's a threat because he can he can shoot the long ball and that allows his teammates to succeed uh, as well because people are worried about him. So I don't know if you know I don't know if he transcends the game more than LeBron, but he's I mean it's got to be close because they're very like they're very opposite players, um, but they're both they're both very valuable players. So I think. It's a tough one to answer, but I th- I don't think there's a definite one way or the other, in my opinion. And also, um, I mean, you know, LeBron does have on his side that he warned Paul Revere, um, you know, back in the, the day. The British were coming. But, yeah, that the British that the British were coming. 
So that's a plus for LeBron. But aside from that, it's close. Also that he's a really good reader. All right. Anyways, the Lakers are not last in their division. They are actually 12th. Third to last. No, they're not. One, they're fourth to last, number one. Oh, sorry. Number they won two, last night. They're, they're one game behind the Warriors. It's not like the Warriors are so much better than them. I, I remind you, the Warriors won the championship last year. So that whole thing, BS. Number two, yes, Steph Curry certainly changed the game of basketball forever. Now people have to respect insane range on the court, like logo shots. People have to respect that because he just made it like a – he made it a – normal thing to just start fucking shooting up shots from out there. So people have to respect this. We changed the game in that sense. People are shooting a lot longer threes. You're shooting a lot more threes. Threes are worth more, as Nick noted. However, in terms of dominance, I have never seen a more dominant player than LeBron James in my life. Never. In any sport. Actually, I saw Tom Brady on this one drive that was like, he had like less than a minute. To like win the game, he drove down the field like fucking 80 yards. It was beautiful. But no, I'm talking about in the game of basketball, in my lifetime, don't come after me, MJ people. In my lifetime, I am 23 years old. Oh, I guess Kobe too. Kobe's pretty dumb. Anyways, we're talking about Steph and, and, and LeBron. LeBron is a more well-rounded player than Steph Curry. There's no, there's no, there's no debate about that. The Le- LeBron has the post-up game. LeBron has the, the mid-range shots. LeBron doesn't have the long ball like Steph does. But if we put LeBron and Steph on a one-on-one, who do you think is going to win that game? Riddle me that. Tell me. You're, you're going to tell oh, me what, the, what, what, if, what if Steph gets ball first and just doesn't you're, miss? You're going to tell me LeBron's not going to put his shoulder down and drive to the hole every single time? Get out of here, man. LeBron is the man. Stop hating on him for no reason. Respect the dominance. Respect it. The Lakers would have a better record with Kobe than they do now with LeBron. And that's it. You know, uh, Nick, I'm going to go ahead and check that. I'm going to check that uh, stat. Um, The Lakers record with Kobe and then now with um, LeBron. I'll get back to you on that. It's a different league. um, Keeping it in the basketball theme and uh, Ray, just to say, transcends. We're talking about their – effects on the game not necessarily their athletic dominance but in keeping it in basketball Kobe Bryant is not considered the all-time great or compared regularly to Michael Jordan because he had to share the court with him LeBron is constantly being compared to MJ but he never had to face him I think I mean how long did Kobe really share the court with him though Kobe got drafted in 96 Michael retired in 04 so Less than ten years, Kobe retired. That's a that's a, a long ass time. Kobe retired. Still, Kobe retired in twenty fifteen, dude. And Kobe actually passed my MJ on the scoring board. So why don't we have that discussion more often? And his gameplay is much more similar. I'm done. I'm the mediator. Why, why don't we? Like, I mean, he retired in twenty fifteen or twenty sixteen. MJ retired two thousand four. I think he spent more time sharing the court with guys like LeBron and guys like. Uh, D way than he did Michael. I don't know why. Why it's... LeBron? LeBron admitted that Kobe would beat him on a one on one. I'm. Not, I didn't say he wouldn't. I didn't. I never said he wouldn't. I think that they have different styles of play. I think MJ and Kobe probably had really similar styles of play. Even though I'm not an analyst, I can tell you definitely. But 
Um, I think if it were a Kobe versus MJ types discussion, it's so hard though. I never watched MJ play. Like I wasn't around for that era. I just remember Kobe's like when he was on the court, like you knew like he was not going to let you down, bro. Like you were watching the court, like all the Lakers need two points. Like he was going to go down there and score it. Like no matter what, like it did not matter what it took, whether he tore his Achilles, whether he, he tore his labor. He was going to go out there and score it. This guy, I saw a video the other day. This guy tore his labor on his shooting arm and then went out and started shooting with his left and started making shots with his left. So like, if I think it was just a different mentality for him, I don't really think he ever had to like, had the mentality of surpassing Mike. And maybe that's because he played with him and maybe because he knew he was better than him. But I don't know. I'm, I'm not really sure that the, the argument of of Kobe not being mentioned because he had to share the floor with Mike is very convincing solely because he shared the floor with guys like LeBron much longer than he did Kobe or Mike. I got a crazy angle on this here. Kobe was a pretty serious guy, like not always in the media, like wasn't always open to like constantly talking to reporters. He was like a very hardworking guy. What if Kobe wasn't as open to the media attention like LeBron, which I think is a good, it's good that he did that because it's been a great PR move for him, obviously across his career. But what if the media got more from LeBron? So they were more interested in painting the picture of MJ versus LeBron because that was the better story because that's where they got more coverage just because Kobe wasn't that really willing or really cared enough to be part of that whole debate and discussion. Ray's speechless. I love it. I love I'm it. not. I mean, I was just going to let you talk. Ah, okay. Look, in my opinion, there's not just MJ and Kobe, but I would also throw D. Wade in there. Better basketball players than LeBron. Dwayne Wade is a better basketball player than, than LeBron James? Dwayne, Dwayne Wade in this prime, absolutely. And Dwayne, you, Wade, it, and Dwayne Wade pl- played with no cartilage in either of his knees, meaning when he lands, it's bone on bone. That guy, that guy had – now, can't deny that LeBron has brute strength and size and athleticism on his side because that's – you can't doubt that. But I think, I think Dwayne Wade was a better basketball player. If you ask Dwayne Wade that, he'll disagree with you. He'll tell you that LeBron's a better basketball player than he is. Talked to him the other day. D-Wade uh, had a crazy run, like when he was in his prime prime from 2004 all the way to 2010. He averaged 24, 27, 27 How many MVPs does Dwayne Wade 30, have? 26, 25. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not saying anything. I'm just looking at his stats saying like he really went hard. In that 2004 to 2010 span, LeBron's also like a like a politician in the NBA. He builds teams around him because he's Dwayne so Wade, good. Because he, he's so good, like people. No, no want, that's what do you mean? No, no, no. That's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. I'm not. I'm not saying he's not. But I'm saying it wasn't like this back then, where where an individual player had that much authority. I don't think it was the same back then. I don't. Bro, LeBron LeBron won a championship in Cleveland with fucking... Oh, my God. What's this guy's name? 
This white dude, he was he's from like Australia or some Kevin shit. Kevin Love. No, Kevin Love's good. It was just Dele, uh, uh, Delhi, Delhi. Yeah, Delhi, bro. With fucking Delhi, you want a championship with fucking Delhi, bro? Not to mention LeBron has four NBA championships, four MV, four MVPs, four Finals MVPs, three All Star MVPs, and two Olympic gold medals. Dude, come on. How many? Tell me how many? <laughs> how many MVPs does Dwayne Wade have? Tell me. All right, it doesn't really matter. Before we move on to the next topic, last question. Ah. Would you kiss LeBron if he asked you? Yeah, dude, obviously. That's what I want. I want that on record. Like what? Like for sure. Uh, for Nick, the sake to of, answer. The, yeah, go ahead, answer, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. To answer your question, Kobe, all-time record with the Lakers is 836 wins and 510 losses. Uh, taking into consideration the COVID year, the bubble year, LeBron is 221 and 336. Career wise, LeBron is 908 and 488. Uh, and that's to say that Kobe played for one team for his entire career, and LeBron has played for many. However, he has LeBron lost 72 like more games. wins than him. LeBron lost, like, all those games with the Lakers. That's crazy. He's lost, like, 400-something yeah. games and 380 at with the Lakers. L.A. Leakers, what the hell is going on? Because Anthony yeah, Davis is soft as hell. Guy can't stay healthy. You suck, AD. There's something uh, to be said there about that 336 out of 488. Anyways, next next one. Who is the most dominant? The Lakers suck? What's there to be said? Le- Le- LeBron-, LeBron can't run the entire floor by himself. Right, we get one it, person. Dude. Ray, we get it, it, dude. We get it. You'd kiss him, among other things see, that we can't mention on the podcast. He won a championship with the Lakers. All right, continue. Keeping it in sports for one more time, who is the most dominant athlete in all of sports? And this is we, not just athletic ability, Ray. We're talking straight dominance. dominance. Just straight dominance and Ws. Dominance and Ws? Tiger, Tiger Woods. And his streak in the prime of golf, which is a professional sport, is the most dominant, in my opinion, by any athlete. Agreed. He was the world number one in golf for, Marco, how many years was it? And I think there was like a stat. Rory McIlroy has, yeah. 281 consecutive weeks at number one. I believe earlier this year, Scotty... um, how, how do you say his last name? Scotty Scheffler. Scheffler was ranked number one. He would have to be consecutively number one for the next five years to have passed him or something absurd like that. I don't know what the stats are exactly. I can look for them and get it back to you. Yeah, my pick is, is Tiger Woods. And especially since this is not strictly on athletic ability, it's just a dominant athlete in their professional sport. And obviously, you have people like Serena Williams, who absolutely dominated women's tennis. For, 23 grand I'm, slams. Yeah, like just absurd, which I don't want to snub her either. Like that's a really close second, in my opinion, because what she did in a professional sport is ridiculous. Um, and then you got to give like the Deion Sanders and Bo Jackson's like the two-way athletes. That's extremely incredible to be able to play two sports at a professional level. But I think just overall dominance, Tiger Woods' run in, on the PGA Tour, especially with his age and the way he entered into professional golf, it was extremely impressive. 
it's a double-edged sword being in a sport where you are the team, right? You don't have a team. You're, you're playing by yourself. So everything is on you. And to be dominant for like Tiger Woods was for, I guess that's five years and change, maybe around five and a half years that he was, that he was uh, on the top. I mean, that's extremely impressive. And, you know, in sports, it's, it's one thing to be good. Um, but it's another thing to be consistently good, to stay healthy, uh, you know, keep your head clear and go out there and give it your, give it your all every time you're out there. So I definitely agree with Andres. My pick would be Tiger Woods as well. I think one thing, one, sorry, Ray, just one, the Tiger Woods stat, he spent the 281 weeks as an undisputed number one. So five years in all the golf tournaments, not one person was able to take his number one spot. And then if you go cumulative, all the time he spent as the number one golfer in the world was just over 13 years worth of his career. And the next best golfer is um, Greg Norman. And he's double what he, he spent double the amount of time Greg Norman did at number one. That's it. I think we need to distinguish between individual sports and team sports for a second here. Because individual sports, I mean, we could be looking at bowling. We could be looking at ping pong. We could be looking at all the sports where it does not require you to, to depend on someone else. If we're looking at individual sports, Serena Williams is the most dominant athlete. 23 grand slams. That's it. That's all you have to say. 23 grand slam championships. Okay. If we're talking about team sports, then we're looking at guys like Tom Brady who has – or does he have six Super Bowls, five Super Bowls? I don't know what it is. Dude, I have never seen someone turn it on like Tom Brady, bro. Never. I remember, Actually, dude, I remember watching Peyton Manning one time. And I was like, this guy's incredible. But Tom Brady just turns it on. And, like, you just seven know. Seven Super Bowls. Tom Brady has seven Super Bowls? Yep. And I'll put the picture here with his fingers. Are you serious? Oh, my God. What? Oh, because he won with Tampa Bay. Okay, yeah, okay, okay. I was tripping out. Tom Brady has seven Super Bowls. That's more than any organization has in the NFL. Um, but there's a certain point in time when you see Tom Brady and how he's moving down the field, and you just know that there's absolutely nothing that anyone in the field can do about it. Nothing. The defense cannot call anything that will throw him off guard. His dominance is felt from through the TV, bro. It's incredible to watch him when he's in his when he's in his in that mode. I'm going with Tom Brady for team sports. I'm going to give the top four, and then that's it. Tom Brady definitely for team sports. You got Tiger Woods, like we mentioned, Serena Williams, like we mentioned, and definitely someone we forgot that has to be up there is Floyd Mayweather in mm. dominance. Mm. And it's easier to it's easier to see that in an individual sport where someone is just way dominant than everyone else. Um, but I think those four deserve it because dominance really is is just it's consistency. If you could be the most consistent at your craft and you're good at your craft, then you become dominant. Yeah, you're right. I like that. I like that big four right there. Last comment. Uh, 
the Pittsburgh Steelers have the most Super Bowl wins as an organization in the NFL. No, they're tied. They're, ti- they're tied with oh, they're the tied. Patriots. Yeah, they're tied. Yeah, well, they're tied with the Patriots. Six. And that is for a whopping six. Tom, Tom Brady, Brady himself has, has more Super Bowls than any individual organization. And we've been playing football for 60-plus years. Yeah. I think That's I think it's crazy to uh, I think it's crazy to see what one football player is capable of. So keeping that in mind and keeping it in trend, did OJ Simpson commit murder or is he truly innocent? <laughs> that boy did it. Come on. You see that guy? He did it. I don't know all the facts, so I don't want to speak on it. I've seen a few clips. I've seen the individual speak in different videos and things that guy did it i got murdered somebody oj if you hear this i'm sorry you know in america lawyer the fuck up if you could spend a lot of money on good lawyers you're untouchable that's my opinion that's my opinion he did it he did that shit he lowered the fuck up and they said oh you didn't do that shit but he did that shit so that's all i gotta say I detest what Nick just said right there, but anyways, um, when my the the opinion was of the OJ trial or the disposition was handed down when my dad was in law school, and he said that he had witnessed the greatest miscarriage of justice justice that he had ever that he had ever you know ever conceptualized that he could have ever seen, and that's because of how much evidence they had against this guy, dude. Like, an overwhelming amount of evidence indicating that he committed both of these murders, that he had a motive for doing so. I mean, when you think of OJ, what do you think of? I think of him in the Bronco, fucking taking off down the highway. That's An innocent man doesn't do that. An innocent man doesn't take off in the in a, in a Bronco, speeding down the highway, man. Like you, Ford absolutely loved that commercial. They ate, they ate off that. But... Like you really, I watched the OJ. Lawyer, lawyer. They, they watched. I mean, yeah, he did have an all-star lawyer, like squad of lawyers, and I mean, rightfully so. He was a fucking, he was a fucking super famous celebrity at the time. I mean, now people really don't like him for the obvious fact that he committed a double homicide. But um, the what the lawyers did was that they really turned it into a whole race thing. This was a time soon after or during the LA riots where it was very, uh, everything was very racially charged and they used that to their advantage. They used the social climate to their advantage and they, they made it seem like, you know, the white man's punishing the black man for something he didn't do. And they went off that theory. Like that was just it. I mean, why didn't the glove fit? Because it fucking rains and the humidity shrinks leather. If you, if you, if you leave a fucking, if you leave your, I don't know, a fucking leather good outside. It's not going to look the same as it did when you left it out there. I promise you that. So, and I, and I know they put that glove in the spin cycle in the microwave. They put some water on that shit. They put it in the spin cycle in the microwave. There was so much tampering of evidence going on up in there, and they probably had the jury all, all juiced up. Come on. What do you think, Ray? Yeah, and I mean, I mean they were able to pick a majority African-American jury, which – was obviously toward their benefit because, as I said previously, they it was a time of a lot of racial charging and 
And, you know, they they created this narrative that it was white against black and blacks being punished for this and that, he did something he didn't do. And the jury bought it. And, I mean, the jury acquitted him, and that's that. But the man certainly committed a double homicide without a shadow of a doubt. He wrote a book about it. He The, the title was If I Committed the Murder, if, if I Did It, um, which detailed how he would do it and why he did it, uh, which was later uh, they he was being sued for wrongful death, which the wrongful death suit, they won that case because he fucking killed those people, right? Civil and criminal trials, they don't overlap. So the, the, the result of that civil trial had nothing to do with the criminal trial. And anyways, they couldn't have done anything about it after the fact, but OJ owed these guys a lot of money because of the wrongful death. Um, and he wrote a book and they stopped the book from being published. The families of the deceased went ahead and, uh, got the rights to that book and they made a pretty creative title where it said, if I did it or no, I did it like OJ Simpson. I did it. And then they put if like in the eye of, I did it like in a very creative way so that they wouldn't be sued for any type of libel or slander. We love a good old fashioned grift. Yeah. And got, and guys and gals watching go watch. This is America. O.J. Simpson. Type that in. Go watch it on YouTube. It's Sasha Baron Cohen pretending he's a billionaire Italian interviewing O.J. Simpson and pretty much <laughs> making fun of the fact that he got away with murder. And O.J. is not, did not, not, not denying it at all. He's just, kind of, he's just kind of going with it. So that tells you something. Yeah, I will tell you, um, I'm sure there's a, there's a handful of people out there who are not upset about O.J., um, because that, as a result, the Kardashians came out of that. So um, thank you, OJ, I guess. I don't know. Um, next one. A little bit of a comic relief. Who is the best Batman? Batman. I'm Christian not Bale. like... I, I, yeah. That was that was my favorite Batman. I haven't really like watched all of them, I don't think. I just recently saw one uh, with Ray and our other cousin Danny, which was like the first time I had seen Batman since I was a little kid. And it was, it was pretty damn good. So uh, Christian, night, Bale was, Christian Bale was the one playing it. So that's my pick. Yeah. I think, I think Robert Patterson is, is it Patterson or Pattinson? Which Patterson. I think Robert Patterson is, is uh, too soft for the Batman, for the Batman position, man. I really think he is. He looks like a vampire. He acts like a vampire. He's always going to be a vampire in everyone's eyes. That guy's Edward from Twilight. He can't be a Batman. I mean, dude, the Batman movie was okay, right? Like, it was long as shit. But, I mean, it was it was also very cinematic. I wanted to see some more bone crushing, some more fucking pop, pop, pop. You know what I mean? But it was it was, it was was a good movie. I don't think Robert Pattinson's a great Batman. The costume that he's wearing sucks. It looks so soft. As a result, Christian Bale, you are the Batman that I think of when I think of Batman. I didn't know that uh, Edward from Twilight was ever Batman, but that's interesting to know. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with Christian Bale, but only because he was Batman when Heath Ledger was the Joker. And Heath Ledger is the incredible. man. He's incredible. He was incredible. And, and since Heath Ledger is the man, Christian Bale becomes the man. Because they're in the same movie. Heath, Heath Ledger as Joker was absolutely incredible to watch, dude. He absolutely ate that role bro like he became joker he started like doing these little mannerisms it was 
incredible to watch. I also just watched American Psycho for the first time, which also stars Christian Bale. Uh, that movie is kind of kind of crazy stuff, man. If you haven't watched it, watch it. Watch a couple of clips. Leave a comment on this. Let us know what you think of Christian Bale as an actor. I think overall he's a phenomenal actor. Uh, but let me know what you think of Christian Bale in that movie specifically. Ray, I'll be the first one to answer. I was disappointed. I heard all this hype about it. I know, right? I know. Next one. Yeah, go. Electric cars are not better for the environment. Uh, They're not better for the environment? Is it because of all the mining we need to do to get, like, the other resources? That's correct. That that is part of it, yep. That's that's the the argument, yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I feel like... I feel like right now like it might be that case because of the scale that we're going to need to mine these materials um but you could consider the same thing as us extracting oil i'm sure that is just as bad for the environment um so i'd really need to do a little more homework on on like why but i think i, feel I think like... it's more so about the emissions than it is drilling for oil or maybe they're equally as bad but i, I think the, i think the argument between electric and and you know gas powered vehicles is that the the emissions from the car is is what's particularly harmful to the atmosphere whereas electric cars you're, you're really just harming the earth itself by mining for these materials my limited knowledge and common sense tells me that my my opinion as well is that in the long term view electric cars are um better for the earth than gas cars because with a gas car you need to keep using gasoline to allow it to run and gasoline you know the oil is a non-renewable source of energy there's a limited amount on earth and solar um you know electricity uh is comes from the sun and is renewable and so i think long term even though like i know it's very um harmful and bad for the earth to create the batteries for these cars probably long term my guess would be is that electric is is better than a gas powered car for the earth just because we could use a renewable source of energy yeah i'm i'm in the same camp too like i don't know enough but just the concept of the fact that we need to keep producing oil and gasoline for the cars. And that's always going to be an issue, especially because that's not like an abundant resource that every nation just has unlimited access to. So it causes some problems from that perspective. But like Nick said, with solar and like our recent discovery with fusion and and nuclear that we're going to keep pursuing, I think in the 25, 30 year like outlook, electric vehicles will be better for the environment just currently at the scale we need to produce them and how new we are to the technology there hasn't been a lot of innovation within the battery it's been more focused on the outside of the vehicle and and making sure that it's a marketable car that'll sell and stuff like that so i feel like it's so new still so long term we'll see more um sustainability and it'll be better for the environment I mean, as, sorry for Marco, the lover of combustion engines. As as Nick said, I mean, it's it's a limited resource, gasoline or oil is. So, 
there there needs to be an alternative before we start taking drastic measures to start finding this oil, which will further harm the earth and which will perpetuate the emissions that are being released into our atmosphere. I, like I said before, I don't know how harmful you know the re- collecting the resources for electric cars are. Like Nick says, common sense dictates that emission-wise, obviously, solar-powered vehicles are better for the earth, better for the environment. Um, and I think that through the progression of science, through the progression of innovation, that there will be different ways to harvest this electric power that wouldn't that won't explicitly rely on you know mining in, deep in the earth or whatever the case may be so yes i think that uh, electric cars are certainly better for the environment than the gasoline cars right i i believe your dad used the term when he was on the show drop some knowledge yeah um per the u.s energy information administration i just read here most of the nation's electricity in 2020 was provided by or powered by natural gas, nuclear energy, and coal. And this was in 2020. Just something to think about there. Cool. Yeah, I think I, I think that's why it's important to have like a longer outlook on it because solar is still so new and really expensive. So it's not something that's widely adopted. But like I said, I think in 20 to 25 years, everybody will have solar panels on their roofs. And we'll be able to get the net cost of energy pretty pretty damn close to zero. Um, and that's why I think a lot of these legacy autos are pivoting and putting way more time into EV vehicles than they were originally. And again, we're not super versed in this, so I'm using common sense. But if these massive corporations are that worried that one company like Tesla or I mean some smaller ones, Rivian, Lucid, are going to take so much market share from them that they can't sell their regular engine cars that they have to now pivot and really put an emphasis on being part of the EV space tells me something. And typically these companies are trending outward five, 10 years down the road. They're doing things now that are going to come into effect in 2030, 2035. And I think from a, big company standpoint, we've seen a lot of people start to put their foot forward and, and be an electric vehicle company or at least offer a good amount of electric vehicle options. But I do think that now the energy and the electricity that we use is is, is powered by the natural resources that power a combustion engine car. And we'd be having a really different conversation if we didn't know how to um, capture energy from the sun, solar energy. Um, but like, for example, there's a company and Tesla doesn't do it, but there's a company called Aptera and their cars, you pretty much, whatever, you go to work, you come back, you park the car in the parking lot. And if the sun's out that day, your car recharges 40 miles just sitting in the sun. And so, you know, if you take that kind of thinking, like you don't have to do anything to recharge your car, it doesn't, doesn't cost you anything. You didn't need to go get anything. It just sits and absorbs the sun. So I think like we're all saying here, longer term view on it is probably net positive for the earth on the solar. All right. Well, with that one, I'm going to bring us to our last one. And I hope that car brand, Nick, um, I hope no one in Seattle owns it. Uh, Nick, this is my last one and I'm off guys. Thanks for having me. It's true. Um, even though I'm on, 
I'm there present listening every week. So global warming is a myth. Knock your socks yeah. off, guys. Thank you, guys. Global warming is a myth. I would love I, – again, I, I don't know, like, the research, so feel free to bash me in the comments. I don't care at all. Um, but I do think that it has its tendencies to be maybe not a full-on myth, but definitely not as serious as people say it is. Um, a lot of these – and I don't want to make this political, but it seems like the far left side – is the one that pushes the hardest for it. There's just these tons of money flowing into this global warming, protect global warming. And it just seems very odd to me that it's just so divided on this topic. Like if it was something that's concrete and there's a ton of evidence and it'd be really easy to pitch people on it. I feel like more people would, would not be so skeptical about it. Um, but personally it's been, way colder i don't even know if this has anything to do with it but it's been way colder in miami the last few years i feel like when it really gets cold um and i don't i don't know i don't think it's getting hotter like i don't feel like it's getting hotter i, I get that some glaciers are melting and stuff but i feel like maybe there's some science behind it that i don't really know about but climate i don't i don't what climate change and global warming are kind of interchangeable terms yeah so I don't know. I personally am not buying all the jazz around it and all the money that needs to go towards it. And I think that as a world, we're getting smarter and, and we're doing what's necessary to be more conscious about our emissions, be more efficient, put less crap into the air. I think we're already doing that because that's what innovation is all about. Like something that we figured out 10 years ago that we didn't know anything about it's going to be better today than it was when we found out about it. And I think that's with everything that we have to offer. Obviously there's some big corporations that are kind of slimy and maybe putting some toxins up in the air and doing some, some shady shit. But I think overall it doesn't play out to be anything too serious and science overtakes it and, and, and we figure out how to avoid any issues. Well, I don't know shit about shit. And most people that talk about global warming being a thing or not being a thing just go off what they hear on the news. And I don't think that's a good way to uh, give my opinion because that that wouldn't be my opinion. Then it would just be shit that I hear and don't know shit about. But I, what I do know is that the earth has gone through periods of... Um, blah, 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 boo. Boo. What a dick, guys. Guys, comment that down is, below how much that of a is, dick Ray is. That is like the most prototypical like response to climate change. Is the Earth goes through periods of cooling and heating. I can tell no, that's, you that. that's that's not what I'm about to say. Like, all right. Um, when I when I was studying um, biology and the history of the Earth and all that, the Earth, like like uh, like my boy like my boy Ray doesn't want me to say, it goes through periods of of changes in in the climate. And um, not to say that that's, that's replacing um, what global warming would be considered, but I do think that like the, the climate that we experience day to day can't stay the same all the time because history tells us that's not how the earth works. Like there's been periods of extreme, extreme cold, like the ice age, and there's been periods of extreme heat um, that... It's so extreme that it like kills off like 96, 97% of the 
species on earth so my answer is i don't know and and i don't know if if like this what what do they say that we're like two degrees warmer or three degrees warmer than we were 100 years ago or something like that like i don't know if i don't know if that's like the start to something extreme um but i do know that you can't expect things to say to stay the same because to me that's 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 the definition of insanity of it expecting things to stay the same throughout time so that's my answer and it's not really an answer but it's an answer in a way i just want to say that i think i mean i can't understand why science has become a, a partisan issue I, I mean everyone's a fucking scientist nowadays i guess like I, I will never understand it, but I think it's ignorant to believe that global warming does not exist. I, I think it's completely ignorant. And, I mean, you're just not looking at the damage that we have dealt. Well, to then the I'm country. ignorant, bro. Thanks for that. Yeah, no, you are. I think I think that you're not looking at the damage. That Big we have scientist dealt. over here. Let's hear. It. Let's, hear I, let's hear the facts on this it's, one. It's it's ignorant to think that we haven't caused damage. Yeah, let's to hear. Planet, it. Dude. I mean, think about it. Right. Just, Right, dude. You tell me how we couldn't cause damage to the planet with the amount of people we have in the world. Like, you tell me what we should be doing. Well, I'm not saying Guys, that we. Hang on, hang on. I don't have a solution. Ray, let me let me give you an intro. Ray is so in touch with the Earth that he knows exactly what it feels and doesn't feel. So Ray's about to tell us what the Earth feels. Here I don't. Go. I don't have a solution. Like I, 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 I'm not a scientist. I don't know, but thinking that we didn't have an effect on the progression of the climate on earth because of what we've been putting into the atmosphere and what we've been harvesting from the earth. I think that's ignorant. I mean, since the industrial revolution, which was, I don't know how many hundred something years ago, you, like you said, the, 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 the climate, the temperature has gone up two degrees. That's pretty significant in a hundred years. It can only but get do, worse. Right. Right. But do you understand what, um, the, uh, argument for global warming is like what the tr what the true like the full length argument is it's that we've been putting things into the atmosphere that has has uh, eroded the ozone or a certain level or a certain layer of the atmosphere that has allowed more sunlight to come through and which is and it's heating the earth but it goes further than that it goes it goes to that we've caused so much damage to the earth that like there's essentially no coming back unless we like meaning like ever earth won't be able to uh host um life living breathing organisms right and that and that we're gonna all just die from what we've I mean, done to I'm, earth i'm oh, not gonna in, die in the, be... in the in the in the last hundred years when earth has been around for almost five billion years that's a that's a that's a that's a tough scientific fact for me to think is is totally accurate I mean, like, like you said, you're not a scientist either, so I, I can't take your word on that. But however, we've, we've, since the Industrial Revolution, which was, I don't know, 100 years ago, I didn't even know when that is. That's like a very significant moment in time. But since then, like, like you said, the temperature has risen two degrees, and that's significant for 100 years, dude. Like, next 100 years, what is that going to be? Four degrees? After that, six degrees? Like, it's going to get to a point where you can't live in Arizona. It's going to get to a point where you can't live in, 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 in Nevada. I mean, I, I think you don't trust the science then you don't trust that science will facilitate ways to avoid this down the road. I didn't or, say that. You're, I, I did not say that at all. I just said that if, 
if you don't believe in global warming, that you are ignorant. That's all I've said. And I've said that because of everything that we have put into the atmosphere, eroding that level of the atmosphere, allowing more sunlight in, the, the earth is warming for that reason. It's not a, a sporadic, a, a systematic heating of the earth. I'm, I'm, that's, that's all I'm saying. I don't know how to fix it. I don't know how to prevent it. I'll listen to the scientists that have studied the science on it in order to take the, the measures necessary. I'm not going to recycle, though. Fuck that. That's all I'm saying. I don't know. I I don't know. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying where, you know, when when our scientists are saying that the earth has warmed two or three degrees, whatever it is, you know, I don't know anything. So I guess, you know, that's you take their word for it. Right. So in that sense, like, sure, I could acknowledge that that that's true. But the what I'm saying is the full extent of what the fight against global warming is that we're going to bring the earth to a point where no one, nothing's going to be able to survive on it. That's the part that I'm just like, man, I don't know about that because the earth itself is alive as a whole and it has uh, defense mechanisms towards, I think, I think, I think that's, things just like humans do. I think that's completely like reasonable though. I think that certain parts of the earth will be uninhabitable. Like people will just will not be able to live there. Like there has to be a, there has to be a portion somewhere in the desert of somewhere where it's just going to be like no one could ever live there because of how hot it is. There's going to be somewhere in the continental United States or maybe not even the continental United States, somewhere else where it's going to be like you cannot live here because the quality of air is so bad. You cannot live here because the amount of exposure that you get from the, from the sun is so severe that you won't live to X amount. I'm not saying that the earth is going to die. I don't know that. I haven't, I haven't seen that the earth is going to die. I've seen like people being like we have – there's been catastrophic effects on the earth due to global warming. It's irreversible. Maybe so, bro. Have you seen the fucking floating island of trash in the middle of the Pacific Ocean? I don't know. That's a little fucking – that's not cool at all. But, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know the science on it. I'm not a scientist. I will defer to the knowledge of the scientists on it because, like I said, I'm not a scientist. When I go to the doctor because I don't feel well, he tells me my glucose levels are down. You're probably right, doctor, because I'm not a fucking doctor. I can't sit there and be like, nah, you're wrong, bro. You're not right about that. Dude, I could tell by looking at you that your glucose levels are way down. That's what I'm way saying. Way down. That's what I'm saying. And I'm not a doctor. And that's I just I'm, can tell. That's what I'm saying. It's the same shit. The same, the same shit happened with COVID, where everyone became a fucking infectious disease doctor overnight. You just don't trust the science. I don't understand at what point we stop trusting the science and, and, and the human evolution. Marco. What's up, man? Give us your opinion on global warming, on, on, on the hot topic. Well, um, like Andres said earlier, I'm a, I'm a combustion, combustion engine guy. I love cars, so burning oil is like one of my favorite things. Um, <laughs> I do think the, the earth is getting um, warmer by the, like, by the era. Um, I think it's significant that we are getting fewer hurricanes in Miami or what we're exposed to, far and fewer hurricanes. But when they do arrive, they are these monsoons of rain and wind that are bigger than anything we've ever seen uh so those patterns are odd um but you know to back where i think it's a myth if you are a investor why are you going to sign off a mortgage or some sort of loan for a condominium to be built on miami beach on ocean drive or whatever oceanfront coastal city when you don't know if you're money is going to be returned 
using the Florida Keys as an example, you know, you're not even allowed to build on the first floor. You have to be on stilts. So at what point, you know, I I think I'll 100% say it's going to be impact us when the banks start pulling out of these huge coastal cities that uh, run the risk of going underwater within the next 15, 20 years. All right, Nick, give us our outro. Guys, that's our spiel. Three's the crowd's the deal. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for watching. Right? Thank you for watching. Um, you know, subscribe to all that good stuff. Touch the buttons on your phone that let, let us know that you enjoy our podcast or shit on us. We don't care. We'll just give us some feedback. Um, and thank you for watching episode Shit on Ray. Guys, it's easy to shit on Ray. Come on. I saw a bird do it the other day. Next episode will be 13. That's 12 plus 113. We're going to sign out. Thank you, everybody. Have a great night. Have a great morning. Have a great day.